moon. Put you a Bucky's there. You put a Bucky's there, or in this case, a, 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 a space station there, and it's a happening place. So, Bucky's on the moon, Snoop. You want to go? Yes. <laughs> well, oh, yeah, only for Bucky's. Get it. you that sliced beef sandwich while you're in there or something, you know? What's your big favorite thing to get at Bucky's? Oh, the, the Deluxe Southwest Wrap. I'll have to try that sometime. Yeah. I've not tried that. Deluxe Southwest Wrap. Okay. It's awesome. Okay. I usually head for the candy counter or something when I go in there. Get a cup of coffee and then, you know, something sugary or something. I try to avoid the sweets area. Yeah. I do get the, the brisket sandwich on occasion. That's pretty good, the, too. The Rice Krispie squares at the checkout usually, <laughs> yeah, go. usually get me. That's an impulse buy. Kind of hard to go with that. Um, I, I wouldn't get any kind of seafood there or, you know, any, um, you know, any specific, um, shall we say, um, uh, sushi or uh, eels or anything like that. But speaking of eels, a shipload of scientists just returned ship, yeah. a shipload of science. Shipload. Yes. It's a shipload. Just like that old FedEx commercial. I shipped my pants. Shipped. I shipped my pants. <laughs> Did you ship your pants? I shipped my pants. <laughs> Just move on, Craig. You're, <laughs> you're straddling that line. S-H-I-P-P-E-D. It's an elocutionary challenge, my friend, to say, I shipped my pants. You know? Just saying that. Just why in the broadcast world you never mention the wild card hunt. Hunt. That's right. That's right. You don't want to do what Vern Lundquist did once years ago. Actually... He said the backwards of punt coverage is what he did. John Shira of the Eagles. Yikes. Yeah. So we'll just leave it at that. Anyway, a shipload of scientists just returned from exploring the uncharted waters of the Indian Ocean where they mapped out giant underwater mountains. And here's the real hook. They encountered a multitude of deep sea animals never before seen by man in twinkling lights velvety black skin, mouths full of needle-sharp, glassy fangs. That looks like an alien, doesn't it? That thing, that does not look, that looks like it came from the movie Alien. That yeah, one, that thing is probably lurking behind the Buckies on the moon. So uh, you better be, be careful. Be. And they said the real stars of the show were the fish. They said yeah. there were blind eels and tripod fish, hatchet fish, dragon fish, all of these with bioluminescent organs on them and lures coming out of their heads. They're just extraordinary. And they said they, they, they found translucent eels, ones that you could see through. Man. How about Wild. that? Wild. That's, that's, uh, that's some fun stuff there. Uh, among the other huge variety of life they found, the deep-sea batfish. Uh, it, it was... It, it's... It, sits on a seabed, it says, like an ornate pancake, and then struts about on two stubby fins that act as legs. Weird. That's it right there. You guys ever had any close encounters with a marine, marine life? Nah. Um, <laughs> just fish, jellyfish, stuff like that. <laughs> my, wife, my wife thought she was getting attacked by a shark. We were on vacation in Florida yeah. a couple years ago. Yeah. And she starts running for her life. Yeah. It was a manatee. Oh, those are gentle. That's what I said. I was like, you ran from a sea cow. It's like the least threatening animal in the ocean. And you were scared for your life. (laughs) Oh, well. So I still Um, mess with her about the sea cow. You're not not about that, Snoop? 
Nope. Not getting close to any marine life? No. Nope. Okay. Um, I don't get into any body of water deeper than four feet. Really? Yeah, well, but he six can't, feet. You're missing out on, my he friend. He can't swim. Right. Yeah. Okay, that's right. I forgot about that. We'll take, we may take you down to the coast, Snoop. Just uh, let, you, let you wade around a little yeah. bit, you know. Take you down to Port A. Okay, got one other note for you, Jeff, the collector. Latest collector. <laughs> How much would you pay for a pair of secondhand shoes? Probably not much unless they were like Michael Jordan, you know. You know, I don't like paying deep. that much for a pair of first-hand shoes. Okay. So. <laughs> well, someone just spent more than $200,000 on a pair of old Birkenstock sandals owned and worn by Steve Jobs. Oh. Yeah, the late Apple co-founder. It set a record for the highest price ever paid for a pair of sandals at auction. According to the auction house, they were expected to make about 60000 They sold for 218750 bucks when they went under the hammer at Julian's auction. Look at those old worn-out old Jobs, Steve man. Jobs sandals there. There so they go. People that have way too much expendable income sometimes get and take really, really bad advice. They said that the auction What's house... the upside there? Well, the auction house said on the website... That the cork and and jute footbed retains the imprint of Steve Jobs' feet, which had been shaped after years of use. So you know you got the real deal there. Mm. So they hey. were they were saved from the trash by a former house manager to Steve Jobs, Mark Sheff, during one of the uh, one of the many clearouts as well. They probably stink like Fritos. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Mm. Is that what is that what you equate with stinky feet, Snoop? Yeah. Uh, okay. All right. Mm-hmm. I want some uh, Air Jerusalems. Some. Let's see how much would Moses sandals be worth? Yes. Yeah. Steve Jobs would go for two hundred grand. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. Moses got to be seven figures, right? <laughs> Craig, right. I, Craig, you know what? As we expand Craigway Inc. and look for some of that non-traditional revenue, you yeah. think Texas fans would buy some of your second-hand clothing? Nah. Nah. Since this polo, Women can polo, to that. polo shirt is studio worn by Craig Way. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's not happening. All right, second hour of Light the Tower coming up on the horn. Second hour of Life the Tower on the Horn. Craig Way, Jeff Howe with you. Snoop Daniel, our producer, alongside. Glad to have you with us. We're with you up until noon. And then, of course, at noon, it's Chad and Zay coming in uh, after that. Don't forget tonight, and we'll have more on this coming up bottom of the hour uh, with uh, Jeff's Longhorn Notebook. Uh, number 11, Texas. Number 2, Gonzaga. Tonight at Moody Center. And uh, it's an 8 o'clock airtime. It's an 8.30 tip-off. At Moody Center, what a big matchup between uh, and, and a test for the Longhorns against the number two team in the country, uh, the uh, the uh, Bulldogs, the Zags 
from uh, Gonzaga. So that is coming up tonight. Meanwhile, there was a really good uh, doubleheader of college basketball testing. There always is with the Champions Classic in Indianapolis last night. Uh, Michigan State going double overtime to beat Kentucky, fourth-ranked Kentucky. Uh, Michigan State's only loss was at one point lost to Gonzaga on the aircraft carrier in San Diego last week. And then that was followed up by the late-nighters, it turned out to be Kansas and Duke with the Jayhawks winning calling that action and then getting that team playing home for the quick turnaround and also ready to uh, talk some Longhorn versus Kansas football with us. Joining us on the Vaqueros Cafe and Cantina Hotline, our good friend Brian Haney from the Jayhawks Sports Network from Learfield. Brian, I appreciate the time. I know it had to be a quick turnaround. Been there, done that. How are you doing this morning? Yeah, I know you have probably more so than anybody you know. We got in about 4 a.m., but it's always uh, you know fun flight home when you're coming off a win like that. And for Kansas – they closed the last four and a half minutes on a 15-5 to run. Grady Dick, the National High School Player of the Year, had seven straight points after kind of disappearing for about 20 minutes. And then Jalen Wilson was special, too. So great to see Kansas win that battle of the Blue Bloods. And It was different not having Coach K on the sideline for Duke and not having Bill Self on the sideline as Kansas serves a four-game self-imposed suspension for self. So different feel, but but a great familiar result, and, and certainly uh, excited to see these new-look Jayhawks try to defend their title. Yeah, Brian, I was going to ask you about that, about what the, the – like you said, it's a different feeling um, – not having Coach Self out there as well, but it looked like business as usual. I mean, obviously, the all of the uh, the the work that gets put in uh, by the coaching staff, including Coach Self, in the practices leading up to it, but him not there. Uh, and then after that, I guess it's just a matter of executing the game plan. Exactly, because it, the way this self-imposed suspension works, he's with them throughout the practice week up until eleven fifty-nine before game day begins and then 24 hours laps on game day he can rejoin them so he actually was was with the team up until that point the night before the game then went to his separate hotel so it's not like he hasn't been coaching to get them set for the opponent where you miss his mastery i think chris beard would agree with this as a as a good friend of coach self someone who really respects him Self's just so good in game. You know, the timeouts, coming out of a timeout, getting an easy look, that kind of thing with what he draws up, the adjustments he makes. And Norm Roberts did a great job last night down the stretch to spark these guys. But uh, by and large, Coach Self's thumbprint still all over this 3 0 start, even though he hasn't been on the sidelines for it. Brian, uh, let's shift gears and talk a little football. Uh, what is the temperature right now for this Kansas team? Because I, I wondered kind of how they would finish. You know, they're bowl eligible. Would they just be content to get to six wins, or, or, or are they are they ready to finish strong? Just kind of where is the I guess the mindset of this football program right now? I think we're like sixty eight degrees and sunny. That'd be the temperature. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, we we obviously took a step back last week, losing in Lubbock in, in a game that's. You had you had Jalen Daniels, maybe it's a different outcome. Jason Bean has done a terrific job filling in over the last month plus, but he's good for one or two plays per half that, that sometimes can get you beat, and we saw that last week in Lubbock. And that's not to say Jalen is perfect by any stretch, but when this team was playing its best, Jalen Daniels was actually a top six Heisman Trophy candidate in the Vegas odds. And, and that's when obviously we were off to a 5-0 and start and ESPN College game day came here. And so as he inches closer to a potential return this weekend, and nothing has been said officially on that, only that he's getting closer and closer, 
Um, you know, there's a chance for this club to get back to playing its, its optimal football. Having said that, as we found out around this league, I know you guys would agree, you know, in this era of the transfer portal where as soon as a quarterback gets beat out in the spring or, or in the summertime, you know, he's looking for greener pastures and a chance to start somewhere else. Kansas and Kansas State, too, have done a great job of having two really good quarterbacks, really capable backups. And so Bean helped us get that all-important sixth win for bowl eligibility two weeks ago against an Oklahoma State team that didn't have a proven backup. And, and consequently, we're back in the postseason for the first time since 2008. But they did it with three weeks to go. And this is a hungry team that's still thinking, hey, we can win seven or eight games. And so even though these last two are really challenging on paper with Texas and at Kansas State, this is a club that, that's trying to get healthier and still wants to win at least one more time before they go into bowl season. And uh, it just speaks to the tremendous job Lance Leipold's done. Huge culture change. Obviously, the talent's better. They finally caught up on the scholarship deficit that they were strapped with going back to the Charlie Weiss era. And so it just looks and feels way different around here. And uh, I don't know what it would have looked like had Jalen stayed healthy the whole way. Are they an eight-win team right now? Maybe. Uh, if you look at some of the close losses they had on the road without him. But still, to be at six wins when Vegas thought you might win two, two and a half, one and a half in, in some books, uh, this has been a heck of a season of overachieving in the eyes of preseason expectations. But honestly, in the minds of Lance Leipold and his staff, probably right on time and, and right on the course they charted for this guy. Visiting with Brian Haney, play-by-play voice of the Kansas Jayhawks here on Life to Tower on the Horn. Hey, we're, we're going to be very, very uh, short-sighted if we don't talk about Devin Neal and what, and what he means to this team in terms of not only his rushing but his receiving yards, the, the dangers that he presents coming out of the backfield. Yeah, no doubt. And Texas fans remember that firsthand from last year at Austin when he had four touchdowns. We call him real deal Devin Neal. He's homegrown right here in Lawrence, Kansas. And as you know, Craig, as a, as a triple sport guy, I guess you're quadruple sports, as many as you call it, Texas. But you know Devin's also on the baseball team. Yep. Now, he doesn't play a huge role on the baseball team, but uh, he's kind of our uh, Mahomes or Bo Jackson or whatever, just on a smaller scale of, of guys that do both sports. But he's a terrific young man. He's looked so good the last two weeks coming out of the bye week. He just had an extra burst and bounce about him, and he was making guys miss at the second and third level two weeks ago versus Oklahoma State when he had the big 334 total yards performance, 224 of which were on the ground. First Kansas back ever, by the way, to have more than 200 rushing and 100 receiving in the same game. He was the national co-running back of the week. So he's been terrific, and I think for Texas fans that maybe didn't see us a ton early in the season, you forget that it was a 1A, 1B backfield with Daniel Hyshaw, who suffered a pretty serious hip injury um, that was, you know, week five. And, and after that, we just haven't had that same depth in the running back room for Kansas. While they've got some capable options behind him, it's been more of Devin Neal's show. And so he's really taken that baton and run with it, particularly the last couple of weeks, backing up his 224 versus Oklahoma State with 190 yards at Texas Tech. So he's emerging as a star in this league. He's not to the level of B. John Robinson yet, but clearly he's uh, a guy that deserves to be in that second-team all-league consideration. And if he has more weeks like he's had these last two, uh, he'll definitely be a guy that gets a lot of preseason hype nationally heading into next season. 
Brian, for this offense as a whole, and and throughout the the last few days, I've run down some of the numbers: yards per play, you know, uh, yards per attempt on the ground. Uh, Kansas, one of the most explosive offenses in the country, when you look yard twenty plus yard plays. Andy Kotal Nicky oversees this offense, and Brian, would you say the Houston game? This year was really the game. It felt like that game was different just in terms of showing maybe some more of their, their triple option principles and some of the stuff that really makes that offense unique. Would you would you say the Houston game was really when they kind of threw things into overdrive? Yeah, it's a great observation. And it's funny, they, they had a chance to eclipse 50 points with about eight minutes to go in the fourth quarter and then kind of took the foot off the gas. And I referenced that because had they done so, it would have been the first time in KU football history that they had three consecutive 50-plus point games, and that was opening the season. So we were seeing it the first couple of weeks, but you really felt it in in the Houston game because that was a team that was picked in the preseason to win 9 or 10, and Jalen Daniels was carving them up with his arm and his feet. And, you know, they've gone away from some of that uh, without – the, the inside running ability of Bean. Bean I'm, Jason Bean is a guy that if he gets to the edge and he kicks in the afterburners, he's gone down the sideline like we saw 73 yards to the house versus Oklahoma State. Jalen Daniels is better between the tackles, kind of slithering through the first and second levels and fighting hard for that extra yard. And I really don't know, guys, if he comes back this week or next, will he be able to run like that and, and take a hit in traffic? Will they try to protect him and, and stay back? But to your point, what made them so difficult to defend was you didn't know, is he going to keep? Is he going to pitch? Is he going to throw? And, and there was a lot of creativity with pre-snap reads. He had, he had his bobsled formation. They, they, they would do a different formation, and they still do this, where you know, you've got a triangle formed around the quarterback, and then he'll kind of clap his hands, and they all scatter at the last minute. And it, just, it was very creative. It always kept the defense on their toes. And Jalen Daniels being out has caused them to make it a little dialed back, but by and large, it's, it's been pretty similar. But his return, I think, has Kansas fans really curious because will it be the, the true Jalen Daniels that's turned loose like we saw in these first five weeks, or is this a, you know, a protected version of him that doesn't want to get hit and they can't do all those things with the option game and him rushing? Because if you look at his rushing totals at West Virginia in that Houston game and versus Duke, I mean, he was – one of the best dual threat options in the country. And so we'll be really curious to see what, once that looks back, what it looks like once he's fully back. Well, uh, I was going to ask you also about the Jayhawk defense. And, and uh, you know, around these parts, folks have taken uh, note of Jalen Ford and everything he does with his tackles and the interceptions, fumble recoveries. And then, you know, I look at the numbers posted by Kenny Logan. Here's a guy going into, into this week with, with 80 tackles and two picks and three PBUs. I mean, he seems to be at least a production, if not overall, a senior leader of the defense. Yeah, he, he's had a great year backing up uh, a season a year ago that I think put him on a lot of preseason watch lists. A season ago, he had 113 tackles, and that, that was tops in the conference. But part of that was the fact that, you know, the Jayhawks' first and second levels were getting beat, and he was having to come in and, and clean up the mess. This year, he has more help than he's ever had, and, and he's had a terrific year when at the start of the season, some wondered, you know, is he the third or fourth best defender on this team? And some might still feel that way. But he's definitely backed up the preseason all-conference hype as the season's gone on. I think Rich Miller has become the heart and soul of this defense. He was one of the guys that came with Leipold from Buffalo, plays the linebacker position. He's from Detroit. Lorenzo McCaskill, 
uh, who's been a transfer on this team from Louisiana. He's emerged midseason. Lonnie Phelps was a portal transfer addition that uh, you know, was a huge impact out the gate. He was averaging over a sack a game over the first month and a half. He's simmered off a little bit later in the season, but still brings great pressure on the edge that we haven't had in years. And then, you know, you go up and down uh, the rest of the defensive depth chart, and you just see more depth in general, particularly on the D-line. We we're able to bring in waves that, that we haven't had. And part of that was, as I referenced earlier, for you know the last seven, eight years, we've been mired in a scholarship situation where, where they didn't have the numbers, let alone the quality. It was a quantity issue. Well, now they've got quality and quantity. This was a top 25 transfer portal recruiting class for Kansas. And I'd tell you that probably 60 to 70% of, of the most impactful transfer portal guys are on that defensive side of the ball. So Kenny's had a great season, but he's had a lot of help around him. You'll like Kobe Bryant. I call him the Hawk Mamba. <laughs> you know, the NBA Kobe was Black Mamba. And, and our Kobe Bryant, who spells it differently, He's had a flair for the dramatic this season. He had the game-clinching pick six in Morgantown, had a blocked field goal return for a touchdown in the opener. He's always making big plays, it seems, and he's kind of got that swagger that we haven't seen around here since Aqib Tlaib. So he's been a fun one to follow as well. This, the point is there's a lot more weaponry on the Kansas defense than there's been in recent seasons, and that's a huge, huge reason why they've been so competitive this year. Hey, by the way, uh, wasn't that a weird deal to have an overtime game end on a pick six with your team already up? They said it, it, it's very rare for a team to win by double digits in overtime, and, and for that to happen, <laughs> it was just it's just one of those anomalies sometimes that really gets, yep. gets your attention. It does. That's a great point because usually if you make that pick, you go down, game's over, kind of like the Bills-Vikings game this past weekend. But he broke on a ball on the right sideline, and there was nothing but green grass in front of him. And, you know, like a lot of cornerbacks that, that have that same macho bravado, you know, alpha dog mindset, he wanted his highlight moment, you know. So he <laughs> took it to the house for the pick six, and, and that was pretty wild. But, you know, what also feels wild for us isn't just winning by two scores in overtime, but winning on the road at all. And as you guys well know, you know, the win in Austin was historic for Kansas, not only because it was the first time down there, but first time to beat a conference road opponent in over a decade. And so that's one thing that Lance Leipold has made feel like a more regular thing, not just winning on the road, but feeling like every week, regardless of venue, regardless of competition, you're showing up with a chance to win. And after a decade and a half of, of a lot of Saturdays where you knew going in, you were a six or seven touchdown underdog and you were just going to have to take your medicine. It's a completely different mindset around this program. It'll be Saturday afternoon. And uh, Brian, I appreciate you taking the time to uh, get you a nap today. And uh, I'll, uh, I'll look forward to uh, seeing you uh, at the stadium on Saturday. I appreciate you joining us. Man, I can't wait to see your new basketball arena, and I'll be listening tonight on the Varsity app with you guys taking on Gonzaga. Can't wait to hear your call, and uh, we'll be pulling for you as a league. So go get Drew Timmy and those Zags, all right? Yeah, I, I think you're going to like Moody Center, right? I'm just telling you. And, and you have your same broadcast position. You'll be beside your bench. There was there was some question about where all the broadcast locations were going to be for a time, and I was really nervous about how I was going to break that on the uh, Big 12 announcer group text. And eh, no worries now. It's all good. It's all good. All right. Glad you strong arm to down low. Thank you, buddy. All right. Hey, thanks, Brian, and uh, we'll see you on Saturday. Thanks, bud. Uh, all right. That's Brian Haney, play-by-play voice again. Uh, represented the Big 12 play-by-play broadcasters when he showed up at my wedding. He was invited. I mean, all the Big 12 guys were there. He, was, he, he made it to the wedding. Yeah. He got, and he was in it. Here's the thing. He was at a, at a wedding the night before in Wichita. 
in Wichita. And then flew to Myrtle Beach there. For, Man. That, yeah. So it was very, very nice of him there. Just it was nice for you and Tamara to make that yeah, trip. Yeah, we enjoyed it. In Charlotte. Charlotte. We had a great Charlotte, time. Charlotte was asking us in the car last night if we remembered on our way to dinner, if we remembered going to to Charlotte into Mr. Craig's wedding. I'm like, yes, Bug, I very much remember. It's because she remembered Linda's grandson, Sam. Yes. They were hanging out together. A lot, yep. There was some hangout. There was, you know, six-year-old, four-year-old hangout time going on there. Snoop, you tuned in back there? Yeah. <laughs> he, was, he was working on something. Mm-hmm. What, you okay? got, what you got going on? What you got brewing, Snoop? Oh, just try to get all my ducks in a row. Okay. Uh, you know, inter- uh, podcasting Mr. Haney's interview. Uh, very good. You very got good. A, you, you going to a Thursday game, Snoop? Uh, I'm, I'm thinking about Thorndale. That's mm-hmm. the most likely. Down there in Bastrop? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Make sure you get your credential situation straightened out. Yeah. Bastrop ISD, you know. Oh, yeah. Make sure you get that. Cover just like I was taking care of, you know, Roddy Rodriguez and Zach Lacerra going to call the LBJ game over in Katy. So, you know, plane got in. I got home from Stores, Connecticut at 3.30 a.m. And I hopped on the computer to send out the email to uh, the Katy ISD saying, can we get secure booth space for a broadcast? And here's the guys. And, like, and, and within four hours, they responded and said, yep, uh, LBJ is the designated visiting team for that game. So you guys will be in the visiting radio booth, blah, 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 blah. It's a very simple process. Snoop had to learn that the hard way a couple of times. Yeah. But he's on board with it now, so that's good. All right, uh, speaking of Snoop, coming up next, we have a Flex 30 update. Then we have our second-hour Longhorn Notebook when we continue with Light the Tower. On the Horn, 1049, 1019, AM 1260, we're live, local, and digital. On the Horn app and at hornfm.com. The ocean's I noticed a quizzical look on Jeff Howe's face, and Snoop actually said, sorry for this... The sappy music coming out. Hey, 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 hey. CLO. Okay? Because here it is. Can't get it out of my head. It's the Electric Light Orchestra. What yeah, I always I, said I'm, was one I'm of the great underrated CLO. I just didn't know why we were bumping back with this. Yeah. That's, it, was a big, it was a big hit for Jeff Lynn and crew there. Can't get it out of my head. It's like that the return cuts are... Much different when you're here, Craig, than when you're not here. So was the so was the hour open as well. I've been meaning to talk to you guys about that. I'm fine with you guys playing anything you want to, but the, the, the show is the show. You should probably open with the regular show stuff, and then and then go in. Yeah, whatever. Do whatever. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, there you go. There you go See, Craig. I'm okay with that. I'm all right with Craig that. Craig loves that thing. Sure, why not? Like, I thought I, it was the other ELO song, by the way. Sorry. I, I was like, oh. That was do I need one. to run that up the flagpole like to Terry Kelly to make that happen on a, on a Learfield broadcast? Good luck with that. I don't think that's <laughs> – I just don't see that happening. Well, I, I can try. You, 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 you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. Right? Yeah, that's true. That's For real. Uh, okay. Uh, why don't we uh, – speaking of Vuvuzelas, why don't we jump to the Flex 30 update? Okay. Uh, first. Yes. ATX for the best high school sports coverage. Listen to the horn and go to flxatx.com. Flex 30 is brought to you by Brain Vault. Brain Vault is a revolutionary and patented mouth guard that has been proven to help reduce the risk of concussion. Visit brainvault.com and join the movement. Snoop, before we get rolling, somebody on the specs text line 337 3776. It's John in the Bay. He wants to know, has there been an update on the deer from last week? Yeah, the deer has, was picked up. Yes, and his blood is still on the pavement. Okay. That didn't wash away with the rain? I thought, well, unless it's an oil stain. 
Eh, it could be oil. Let's just let's just we'll mm-hmm. just say it's oil. Yeah, we'll just leave it at Bambi's that. juice. Okay. <laughs> so you had to go there. <laughs> you had to take it down that road, didn't you? Bambi's juice. Wow. All right, uh, Snoop, <laughs> would you like to know what the computer thinks of some of the matchups this week? Yeah. Um, folks are always interested in the, the computer. Snoop, you're one of my favorite people in life. <laughs> Did the computer have an old-fashioned before he made his picks? Uh, I don't know. You're about to find out here. He's uh, one of them plastic handles of mm-hmm. some mm-hmm. rot gut whiskey. Orange peel in it. 6A, Division One, Region 4. Lake Travis steel? Care to steal by uh, three. Steal yeah. by three? Steal by six. How about Lake Travis by three? Whoa, let's go. Computer, I knew you were in a- No, you said the computer was a jerk. No. So I now, hey, let me ask you this, Craig. In all seriousness, does the computer take into account that it's on a neutral field? Yes. Okay. Stuff that is factored into it okay. as well. Uh, Westlake against New Braunfels. Westlake by 20. I was going to say Westlake by 24. 28. All right. 6A Division Two. Vandegrift Judson. Vandy by 14. Vandy by 8. 16. Okay. Well. Okay. And Drip against Brandeis. Drip by 10. Drip by 17. How about Dripping Springs by 28? Yeah. Hey. According to the computer. Dude, and by the way, Jack Tindall is their overall total yards leader. I don't think anybody's said his name. He's a sophomore. Anyway. Yeah. Drip. Uh, so uh, so there's uh, some... Uh, they are sneaky good. Yeah. Huh. All right. 5A, uh, Division One, Region 3, Georgetown, Magnolia West. They got to go to Magnolia to play that game. They're going to pick Magnolia to be favored by three. We're picking Georgetown by one. Whoa. Okay. The computer. Yeah. All right. Division two. Rouse, Montgomery Lake Creek. Lake Creek by three. Do you know much about Lake Creek? No. Do you know that they're one of only two undefeated teams in 5A Division two? No. The computer likes Lake Creek by 27. Come mm-hmm. on. Mm-hmm. Come on, man's Just man. Just telling you. Just telling you this. LBJ PNG. Jeff? Uh, LBJ, I'm horrible at this. LBJ by 16. <laughs> You're not as horrible as you think. So LBJ, what did you say, by 17? 16. He said 16. Oh, yeah, LBJ by 23. 13. 13. Liberty Hill against Mercedes. Liberty Hill by 70. Come on. By oh. 35. How much do you know? Do you even know where Mercedes is? No. Okay. <laughs> All right. What is, what is it? It's going to say Liberty Hill by it's like 35. Uh, it's 35. Oh. Like Ooh. I said, you're not, you're not as bad on this as you think you are. <laughs> Sometimes. Uh, by the way, Snoop, uh, Liberty Hill is in the Rio Grande Valley. I mean, uh, Mercedes. Okay. Mercedes is in the Rio Grande Valley. Thank uh, you. All right. And they're playing in uh, San Antonio. Do you want to ride in my Mercedes? Is that, is that a Comalander? <laughs> Uh, no, I think they're playing. Uh, at, is it Warrior Stadium there on the south side? I think I think that is. I'll, okay. I'll, I'll pull it. Uh, I'm going to flexatx.com because it's there. You hope it is because uh, because Derek Cohen texted me and said, "Hey, is there any place where I can put down the exact names of these stadiums?" <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah. <laughs> I, did, I did that blog on Sunday, and it is 
Yeah. Excuse me. At uh, a Gustafson Stadium. Gustafson. Gustafson, thank you, in, in San Antonio. Okay. So there it is at Gustafson Stadium uh, there in San Antonio. Okay. Uh, 4A Division One. Um, no area schools, really, because uh, Canyon Lake is still alive. They're playing Port Lavaca, Calhoun, the Fighting Sand Crabs. Uh, Canyon Lake picked by seven. And Bernie, a 25-point pick over Pleasant. Those are the closest ones there. Okay. Uh, Division Two. Smithville against Silsby. Silsby by 10. Eh, 37. That's, yeah. that's, a, that's an unbeaten team. That's really good. Um, and uh, and then in uh, Region 4, Wimberley against Orange Grove. Wimberley by 17. Okay. Gerald, Port Isabel. P.I. by 55. Stop Whoa. it. Scottish guy over here picking be. 62 to 3 or whatever. If I could, I would. Uh, Isabel is nine and two. Yeah, uh, Port Isabel by fourteen. One. One. Ge- I. Let's go, by Gerald. One. Gerald, a one. Man, the computer. Dog. He's okay. He's finally coming. It's to not a he. It's a computer. It's it. Okay. Lago Vista against Sinton. That game is at a Matador Stadium in Seguin. Mm-hmm. Yep. Lago to return by ten. Lago by five. Sinton by one. Boo. Sinton's good. And they are very, very good uh, there. And and their head coach, by the way, is one of the most fired up guys that you'll ever. We've had him on the television show before, and he is a he is interesting. Okay, three uh, A Division One, Lano Goliad Warrior Coliseum Stadium. That's the one I was talking about earlier. Yeah, give me Lano Lano by twelve. Oh, the Fighting Zach Shields <laughs> by twenty one. You know what? Tepper said this is a trap game, and watch out. You know. General Akbar from, you know, Star Wars. Bop, bop, bop. Um, Lano by two, according to the computer. So, uh, just letting you know that. And then finally, down in uh, Class 2A, uh, in Division One, we're talking about this uh, game with uh, Thorndale playing on Thursday night. Uh, down in uh, Bastrop. So, Thorndale's playing Ganado, Snoop. What do you think? Thorndale by seven. I have Thorndale by 10. Ganado by 11. Okay. All right. Um, yeah, then we got Flatonia against Three Rivers. Veteran Stadium in Marion. Mm-hmm. That's on that northwest side outside of San Antonio. I don't know much about Three Rivers. I don't know where Three Rivers is. It's, it's at the confluence of Three Rivers, by the way. It's, it's on your way down to the coast like you're going to Corpus. Okay. Flatonia by 10. Six. Not bad there. And then finally, in... Um, Region four, you got Granger against DeHennis. Well, I gotta add that one. Yeah. Sorry, Granger. I love you. Apparently not, since you didn't. <laughs> I know. It's the, the one that I missed. Because Sorry. you always look down your nose at at two A for whatever reason. I keep telling you, that's real people football. Oh no, my gosh! Hopefully, I'll be at state for two, if a two, Austin-ish team makes it there. Uh, Granger by ten. Yeah, I'll go with Snoop. Granger by 10. 22. Yeah, Granger by 22. Hey. So there you go. All right. There's your uh, – that's what the computer thinks of those area round matchups this week. Let's get to our second hour Longhorn Notebook. Jeff Howe's Longhorn Notebook. Brought to you by Aaron Bowersock, the home loan expert. 
Check her out on the web at BowersockTeam.com, B-O-W-E-R-S-O-C-K, BowersockTeam.com. Texas Hoops tonight against Gonzaga, uh, 830 at the uh, Moody Center. So that means 8 Craig, when was the time you had an 8 o'clock pregame? It's been, uh, it would have to be like an NCAA tournament yeah, or a doubleheader type thing, maybe at the Garden in New York, yeah. uh, that kind of deal. Yeah, uh, and and toward that end, Chris Beard, his thoughts about how this game will take center stage tonight. He was talking about this in the uh, media availability yesterday about their, you know, the, this game takes center stage after you had the Champions Classic last night, other big games this weekend, but this one is on the national stage tonight. Won't be a bigger game in college basketball than here tomorrow night. Big part of that's Gonzaga, uh, one of the most consistent programs in college basketball. A lot of respect for Coach Few and their players. You know, it's our goal here at Texas to not build one team or one great run to be, be consistent. And so here we are again, Gonzaga, one of the best teams in the country. They were last year, the year before that, year before that. So their consistency is very easy to see. A lot of respect for their program and Coach Few. We'll have to play our best 40 minutes of the season to this point to be successful in this game. Our players understand that, and that's our goal. We're excited to do that. Mm. Uh, big, uh, big time matchup issues. Yeah, Drew Tim is going to be a matchup problem for everybody Gonzaga plays this year. And I was talking to Zay about this uh, earlier this week. By the way, Chad and Zay coming up at the top of the hour. You know, Zay was talking about, hey, no Chet Holmgren. Chet Holmgren really wasn't a factor in the game last year Mm-mm. in Spokane. It was almost all Timmy. And, and Gonzaga's guard play, Craig, is what I'm interested to see because last year, you go back to that game, there was times in the second half, you know, it, it reminded me of the women's game against UConn the other night. Texas was down, what, 15, 16 at halftime. They made a run in the second half, and then they push it to eight. They get it to seven. They get it to whatever. And I think seven was as close as they got. And then, you know, Nembard or, or uh, Hickman, somebody would end up hitting a big shot that would stymie the momentum, and, and Gonzaga kind of kept Texas at arm's distance. So Gonzaga's guard play is, is what I'm looking for tonight. Yeah, uh, toward that end, uh, also, uh, Rasir Bolton, of course, the uh, – Former Iowa State Cyclone, who who Chris said yesterday, I feel like, I feel like I've been coaching against Rasir Bolton for 19 years now. <laughs> yeah. uh, Julian Strother at the swing, he had uh, averaging 14 and a half through their first two ball games. To the so those are part of the challenges, and of course, Drew Timmy a big part of it as uh, Coach Beard talked about what obstacles the Bulldogs present. So we obviously have a lot of challenges in this game. Gonzaga's front line is really good. All of us are familiar with Drew Timmy player that we had a chance to recruit, know him, know his family. You know, it's a big thing for him to come back to his home state. Drew is one of the best players in college basketball. Everything that he's earned, notoriety is real. He's earned that. Preseason All-American, you know, he's a very challenging guard. He can play inside, out, does a lot of great things that even the stat sheet doesn't show, so he's a dynamic player. We'll have to have multiple guys on our roster play really well to stop Drew, as well as their other frontline players. I got a couple other guys that can really play as well, so certainly CB, DeSue, other guys on our roster, there's no secret right everybody's going to play well tomorrow night yeah and i want to see if they do some different things than they did last year didn't really double them last year didn't devote extra defenders so do they do that this year i think you always walk a fine line with that craig when you're a coach uh kind of changing some things to as as opposed to hey this is kind of what we do and we feel we're really good at it so we're just going to kind of go do it i will say this whether it's the arkansas exhibition and granted it's been against utep and houston christian 
and again, this is why I think guard play is really big. As much as we talk about Timmy, this this Texas team's been really good about whether it's when teams cross half court trapping the ball or forcing it to the corners and trapping the ball. So that's something, and, and live ball turnovers are going to be huge in this game because that's Chris Beard has talked about it. That's something that they want to do. The players have talked about it. When we, they talk about playing fast, score off of your defense, get live ball turnovers, and push the ball. So I, I, I want to see how aggressive is Texas on their traps in the half court trying to force bad passes. Make these guards. I mean, look, they turn it over a decent amount, and Nolan Hickman does. I know that. Uh, make them see if they can make smart plays or if on the road, if they get discombobulated a little bit. Yeah, interesting to see if, if, if Tyrese Hunter can force Nolan Hickman into making some mistakes there in the backcourt yeah. to help the transition defense for Texas. Yeah, for sure. So it's going to be a fun matchup. It's going to be a fun night of basketball over at Moody. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, 8 o'clock uh, airtime here on the Horn uh, with a tip-off at 8.30. And we said, uh, what, Zay's going, right? Isaiah Zay will be there, yeah. Did you go over and scout out when you went for the media availability scout out where he's supposed I did, to be yeah i took a picture of the the portal you know there's not yeah. sections it's portals and i'm like this is you going when you're walking down the concourse you find this portal and then press rows through those doors on your left and the elevator's right there there you go all right uh all right we'll be back to my guy out yeah very good we'll be back to wrap up today's edition of light the tower here on the horn family's coming in for the holiday Check. That's going to wrap it up from here. Um, it'll also wrap, wrap, wrap me up for the week. Uh, I, I know many of you know. Does it suddenly I, smell like fried chicken in here? Yeah, there was a Chad walked in for a moment. Um, okay. I uh, I did mention, I think, uh, at the start of the week, that, that, that uh, or late last week, that I'd lost my mom as she passed away at the age of nine. Her memorial service is tomorrow, so I will be up in Dallas for that tomorrow. And then uh, on, Can- uh, on Friday, it's off to Kansas. So uh, Jeff and Snoop will be here. Snoop. You got top five road trips tomorrow, right? Okay, I got you. Friday, top five matchups, right? I'll hold it down for you. Complete with ties. Okay. You guys have a great weekend. Um, Be safe, Craig. I'll see you on Saturday. You betcha. I'll see you tonight. Over yeah, at Moody. Over, over at Moody Center. For Jeff Howe and for our man behind the glass, new Daniel, I'm Craig Way. Stay tuned. Chad and Zay are up next. Uh, we'll visit with you next time on Light the Tower.